Hello, and welcome to the Chopping Block Podcast with your co-host, Mard Walrus. Timmy J-Town. Yeah, but I... And, uh, yeah, we got a, a full show today. We got some recap going. We got uh, our updated playoff predictions, and... Um, football's back. Football's back, all the way back, so... Indubitably. Uh, let's get the show started. Sometimes I have too many beers, which I gladly do which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Whacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is. All right. And yeah, to start off our recap, busy weekend of college football. How many days in a row have we had it? Three days in a row. Three full Thursday, days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. More and than I can count. We're sitting here on Sunday afternoon. We got LSU, Florida State starting in a couple hours. Two and hours-ish. Tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. we got Clemson, Georgia Tech. So five days straight. Five day, five days straight of college football. Can't really beat that. Um, so yeah, jumping into the Saturday recap. We did uh, the. Thursday recap on Friday afternoon. I guess we can also talk about those Friday night games today as well. But um, kind of just to start off, game of the week, I think we can all agree. Utah at Florida. Oh, yes. I, no? I'm going to disagree on week. that. UNC App State. I think I think the rest of us are in agreement with that. Sorry uh, for the Actually, take, I'm a big Houston UTSA guy. Okay. Really? Two, well, I guess three, three different takes. I guess I'll just go fuck myself. But certainly the biggest upset of the week. Can we agree with that? Nope. All right. <laughs> oh, um, Dominion beating Virginia Tech, baby. Not by an odds standpoint. But regardless, uh, yeah, Utah at Florida. Let's start with that. Top 10 team, number 7 team in the country, the Utah Utes fall to the Florida Gators at the Swamp night game. Awesome game. I'll take all the credit on this one. Only one on the pod to pick Florida beating the Utes. The Swamp, dangerous. Anthony Richardson, like I said, absolutely amazing. I will Carried say- the game single-handedly in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Florida deserved the win. Great game. Definitely came down to the wire. Uh, that last drive by Utah, though, hard to watch. Um, I desperately wanted that game to go to overtime. I think that Utah was playing with fire by throwing the ball every single play, and I think that's what happens. I think you know you got to go for the win there. Um, so it's a tricky situation, but with no timeouts on the board, I think they should have ran down the clock and kicked the field goal. Um, it's a hot take, and it's easy to say afterwards, especially if they had lost um, by going to overtime. It, people would have bitched about um, them not going for the win, but I, I think in that situation, they really should have. Uh, what do you all think? Well, I think AR-15 is really who is responsible for that Florida win there. Florida's defense was not doing them many favors for much of the game, whereas Utah, I think, was a much more well-put-together team as a whole. It's just Florida with Anthony Richardson as QB there, was just running the ball, throwing the ball. He was doing it all for the team, and I think he's really a key figure to be watching out for this entire season, especially with SEC play coming up in the next couple of weeks. Who do they have their season opener against? Who? Uh, Florida uh, uh, in the SEC. Play. SEC? Their, oh. their, their first SEC game will be next week um, playing Kentucky. Kentucky. 
Yeah, that should be a good one. And Kentucky's been highly touted, you know, coming in, what was it, second uh, finishing last season in the SEC East. Yeah, uh, Kentucky's definitely got some some expectations this season. Um, with that being said, though, I think Florida's a great team. Um, definitely an offensive battle. Uh, both teams put up about 400 yards, I believe, of offense. Yeah, 446, 451 from Florida. So pretty dead even um, on total yards. But, uh, yeah, like Jebediah said, Anthony Richardson played a great game. Um, had 200, about 275 total all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. Um, what, what I have to say about Anthony Richardson is, you know, he had three rushing touchdowns, and Florida ran for 283 yards total. My question is, is, can Florida keep this up against a through the SEC playing against stout run defenses? Um, Utah's a good team. I don't think they're really known for their defense, especially playing up against SEC teams. That might be a SEC biased take right there. I think Florida's good, and I think Anthony Richardson is great. Probably one of the best QBs in the SEC, uh, maybe even the country. But I I have questions if this will um, sustain through SEC play. Florida, in my opinion, played very well. They had a very good bend-don't-break defensive approach. They gave up a lot of yards, but when it came down to it, Utah didn't score very many touchdowns, which I thought was very good of the defense. They played great in the red zone. And... I, like I said, if Florida was able to do that and keep it close, they'd have Anthony Richardson take over the game and run wild, and he made enough plays for them to win the game. So great great coaching, great scheme, if you will, uh, and they, they pulled it out. Yeah, and, and Anthony Richardson definitely had some help from uh, Montrell Johnson Jr. and um, from Travis, Z, uh, Travis Etienne's brother. Trevor Etienne, almost giving up that fumble, costing the game late in the fourth quarter, but uh, had a lucky bounce and, and got the ball back. But um, great game. And I think – you want to go ahead, Joe? Oh, well, to say? despite Utah's loss, I still do think Utah's a strong team and still has a strong resume uh, of games that could really put them in contention for a playoff spot if they don't lose anything else. I know that might be a hot take amongst my other compatriots here, but I do think they could still very well win the Pac-12 and with that, I still think they do have a shot to uh, win big this season. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that. I, I think the Pac-12 is just uh, is very... I just don't think they have enough teams to stack up uh, to get into that playoff discussion. Um, I guess I won't say discussion, but actual playoff. I, I think they'll be in the discussion. I think that the fact that two of the two teams that played in the conference championship last year lost last night against SEC teams... I, I think that's going to be held against them all season. Oregon got absolutely slaughtered against Georgia, 49-3. to Terrible game. Um, and now, really, the, the only team it looks like in the Pac-12 that could make a playoff run is USC. Um, well, let's not disconnect UCLA. They, they did have a win. I mean, there, there's, there's plenty of Pac-12 programs that are undefeated right now, but it seems like the two strongest, two best... Yeah, Arizona um, too, okay. They, they were expected to, you know, not pull out. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Arizona could make a run here. We'll see. Um, no, they won't. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Pac-12's playoff hopes are dead now unless USC can can really rally. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't think the strength of record will be good enough to uh, get in over an S, uh, even a one-loss SEC team or Should big team. Big Ten team. we move on to the next game? Sure. Um, all right. For our next game, uh, 
What do you want to talk about? The 6.30 p.m. game, top five matchup, Notre Dame at Ohio State. This was truly a battle battle of defense. It's not the game that I thought would be played at all. If you told me Notre Dame only put up 10 points, I would assume that they got beat by 30, not 11 points. Sure, Jackson Smith got hurt, but both defenses were absolutely flying around and just not not a ton of offense to go around in this game. So I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, it was one of those games that I I enjoyed, but um, just with it being at the same time as Utah, Florida, it, it was hard yeah, for me to keep my eyes on it. overshadowed by the fourth quarter game that was Utah, Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, what I took away from this is C.J. Stroud, you know, Great quarterback. I think he'll definitely be in the Heisman discussion. He uh, kind of struggled, though. I, I, I don't think he looked like the best quarterback this year. Um, but if you remember last year, he also started slowly and, and kind of pulled it together. He you know, he lost Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Um, and Jackson Smith at halftime. And, well, yeah, Jackson Smith wasn't playing half the game. So I think another take you have that, though, with C.J. Stroud maybe not playing as well as you expected, that Notre Dame team looked pretty, pretty well put together. So maybe the Notre Dame team people thought was – but, worse than they actually were, and then they came in there, and Ohio State did have to fight tooth yeah, and nail to seemed, come out on it top. It seemed like Ohio State was kind of shocked at the, at the beginning, the opening drive. Notre Dame drove right down the field. They ended up getting stopped and only got a field goal. But Tyler Buckner, I just don't think he's the guy. They only put up 10 points against a Ohio State defense that was not very good last year. Uh, I, I yeah I just I, don't think no, that, that I, I think I, I don't think their offense has enough at the moment. I, but I, for being played in, in Ohio State's home stadium, okay, season opener. I think I think the result it was not not a blowout. The result by was any good for them. The result was a, good for them, but their offense definitely especially with a lot to be desired. Notre Dame being ranked five, Ohio State being ranked two. I, I think it could show that that ranking is a fair ranking. With, I, I I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think you can keep Notre Dame at five. Um, and, and yeah, Notre Dame hung in there, but what did they really do? I mean, their quarterback played b- average. They didn't really have any standout receivers or or rush like rushers. I they were a physical team, and I think that's why they hung in there with Notre Dame. But there's nothing really positive that I took away from Notre Dame, and and also Notre Dame's a team that they're fighting for a playoff spot every year. That's their expectations, and I don't think they have that in them this year, especially that they since they have to play Clemson. And their season finale against USC is going to be a big-time game now. Uh, definitely a game to watch this year. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about games of the year with playoffs and playoff implications, and that's potentially one uh, with USC being the one of the only teams in the Pac-12 that looks like they could make a playoff spot. Um, still don't think well, they will. But Tyler Buckner, yeah, not nothing special. Um, and Ohio State, I think... You know, their offense didn't come off rolling. Like I said earlier, C.J. Stroud started off the year slow last year. Um, looks like that happened a little bit this year. Um, my big question for Ohio State, though, is, and I want to hear y'all's takes on this, are, are our preseason expectations for Ohio State based off one game last year? Are they based off of them beating Utah? And let me remind you, by a close margin, Jackson Smith and Jigbu went off that game, and so did C.J. Stroud. And, and they had good games in the later part of the season, but they lost to the two best teams they played last year, and they really just kind of ran it up on, on shitty teams like, I don't know, Penn State and Michigan State just weren't all that last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do y'all think? Do y'all think Ohio State deserves this hype? Are they really the number two team in the country? Um, I don't know. Yes. 
Yes. I don't believe that they are number two anymore. I think Alabama and Georgia, yet again, like last year, are the one two, especially with how Georgia played la- last Saturday. But I do think they still deserve a top four spot with that offense. I and their defense even played very well. They only gave up ten points to Notre Dame, so I I believe their defense has started to play better. Their offense had some hiccups, but who doesn't in week one? Um, yeah, I mean that's so that's I, what I, I believe they're a top four team still. I don't know if they're number two, but definitely I think they deserve a top four. I I, I can agree with that. I think that um, they deserve that top four ranking. I just don't know if I see them being a top four team by the end of the season. I think their defense is what I took away from this game. Michigan, I mean, only holding Notre Dame to 250 yards was impressive. And Michigan-Ohio State will yet again be an absolute slugfest at the end of the season. I think that will be a top three game once again, and it will be a lot closer. Or, or top three game of the season, not necessarily ranking-wise. But yeah. I, think, I think that will be one of the best games of the season. Definitely a slugfest to see who gets the spot in the Big Ten East to go to the playoff. It'll certainly be an interesting game. Uh, Yeah, I agree with the assertion that Ohio State, definitely, I think, top four, but it is hard to place. I think Alabama and Georgia, one and two, is a safe spot. You can flip-flop those And we haven't seen Clemson play, so we can't... Yeah, and then there's other programs like USC and A&M who had easy opponents in this first week, so it's hard to get a real judge of who really is what they are, USC facing Rice, Texas A&M facing Sam Houston State. Both of those aren't the same opponent. Even Michigan as, say, playing against Colorado State, who's yeah, exactly, not a very good yeah, team exactly. in the So I mean, it's hard to my, really judge anyone in terms of a top one through it four. It seems like the top ten teams who played very good teams all all showed their true colors. So Yeah, it's it's hard to judge teams based off week one. Um, in a game yeah, like this, Clemson it's nice. facing Georgia Tech, who's a pretty soft opponent as well. Yeah. So it, it's going to take a few weeks to really try to settle in with who really is elite versus who's just playing easier opponents. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, well... Um, and we don't have to wait long, at least in the A&M uh, standpoint. App State is clearly a very good team in the non-Power 5, and Miami is a very good team in the Power 5, and then they play Arkansas and Mississippi State and Alabama back-to-back after that. So I feel, at least A&M-wise, we don't have to wait long to see how good they truly are. Yeah, I could agree with that. All right, well, talking about A&M, you want to dive into that game? Um, You know, we're all Aggies here, all A&M students, so we got some bias for sure. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty happy with the game. Jimbo's Fisher is one of those coaches where he, he's not going to run up the score the first game or really ever. He's, that's just not his type of offense. Um, I saw people complaining about AM's offense. But, I mean, we put up 500 yards. Um, defense looks stout. I, I was happy with the, the result of the first game, especially with the three-hour rain delay. Um, offense came out, looked great in the second half. I, um, I don't know, feeling good about this season. What do you all think? Offensive line definitely leaves something to be desired, uh, but they had a few. They had one starter missing who could be a potential All American, so that that was a problem for the O line. But they looked they looked pretty well, pretty good. You could definitely tell they were trying to take more deep shots, 
Haynes King showed that he's not afraid to take those deep shots, unfortunately throwing two interceptions on them, but at least we're starting to open up the offense. Yeah. So that is definitely something that I wanted to see, and we showed it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think along with the offensive line, the run game is kind of what I'm scared of this year, um, which is interesting because every year under Jimbo, we've been run heavy for sure, um, and that's definitely nice to have in the SEC just because you can't always rely on passing, especially against um, – Defenses like Georgia and Alabama with their DBs. Um, I, I hope to see more out of a chain, and I hope to to get a secondary back uh, more involved, whether that's LJ Johnson or Amari Daniels. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the game went as I would have hoped. Uh, shutout's always nice to see. It really shows the strength of our defense. And Sam Houston State isn't the easiest of FCS opponents, not to say that there's a chance we would lose, but comparing them to some other opponents, Sam Houston State has a solid FCS record, having made it to uh, the semifinals, I believe, last season, and winning the FCS tournament the year before that. So they are they are a good program in terms of FCS schools. And additionally, it was nice to see uh, King taking some long shots, as well as uh, running the ball a few times. It, it was good to see he has a pair of legs on him. And additionally, with the Bryce Foster not being there, I think our O-line did definitely look shaky. But uh, he should be there uh, next game against App State. And I think that can really sure up our uh, O-line. But, you know, with having a uh, first-round O-lineman gone now, uh, th- there is holes to fill. But I think we do have the talent on the O-line as well. I would uh, like to see uh, a chain uh, getting opportunity to really slice through uh, the our uh, opponents a bit more but it once again was the first game so yeah I think I think we'll be opening up the playbook a little bit more in future games and hopefully yeah like you said Bryce Foster coming back will will make that a little easier you know AM has a new O-line coach so um, O-line is one of those position groups that can take time uh, it can take two years before the O-line really can fully uh, work through a new system like that um yeah, without Kenyon Green, you have a uh, big shoes. Yeah, to fill, of lo- losing a, a veteran O lineman leader on the line um, definitely doesn't First help. First round pick. First yeah, round pick. But Bryce Foster, he's an animal out there. So, but he didn't play. So. I know. To have but, him back next week for uh, absolutely. But yeah, I, I have to say another thing I took away is I'm really happy with um, kind of the the young guys that have stepped up. Uh, our defensive line wasn't anything absurd like in years past but like you said it's the first game well, uh, got they some... couldn't do anything in the run game so it, it depends on what you're what you're talking about with the deal i guess pass rushing wasn't the best pass, but pass the rush... run defense was uh, elite. yeah i mean altogether i'm happy with how our defense played there was a few times um that the quarterback scrambled which kind of made me nervous especially with the Playing up against a player like Anthony Richardson, which the Aggies do play Florida this year at home. Um, I, like I said, I think we'll be. I think we'll work out those. Um, work all that out before then. Uh, but yeah, I, I think another point is I'm I'm happy with the the freshman. I, I'm happy with the dynamic of the receivers. Um, I like that we have a veteran guy in Anaya Smith and Chase Lane playing, and younger guys like Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall playing, um, and even Yule Keith Brown, a guy that's been on the team for what is he? Not a freshman. Yes, two years, three years now. Uh, I believe he's a redshirt freshman, so I think this is his second year. So yeah, it's it's good seeing uh, more of those younger guys getting pl- uh, balls and and uh, blocking downfield. Blocking downfield. 
last absolutely laid out a guy on the on the big and Smith touchdown. Pass. Last year, Anum had three passes of forty yards or more downfield. Uh, yesterday alone, there was three passes of forty yards I or saw, more downfield. I so saw on the stats that it was the first time since twenty twelve that we had two passes for over sixty yards in a game. Yeah, awesome to see. Uh, great game. On to the next one. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about our opponent next week, uh, App State, and uh, their game against North Carolina. That, I think, was my game of the week. That was an incredible game. Absolute thriller. Four touchdowns in the final two and a half minutes. Super exciting. You know, had you on the edge of the seat your entire time. Yeah, I was um, I was not able to watch the game fully. I kind of got um, bits and pieces of it, and I watched the highlight reel after. Um, absolutely crazy that App State put up 40 points in the fourth quarter and somehow lost the game. Uh, just watching it back, again, questionable play call at the end of the game. I really don't see why they went for two um, on the first go-around scoring. You're at home. I get you came back against a Power 5 team, but I think you got to rely on your, your home atmosphere there and uh, it just put up the extra point. But, I mean, in their defense, there could be, Usually, when you see that last last second underdog, uh, not they they weren't necessarily an underdog in the game, but usually when you see the non power five versus power five, and they go for two, if for the lead at the very end of the game, they usually have a very bad play call, like a run or a read option that usually dies. But the App State two point conversion attempt, the the. Re, I mean, they had a guy wide open in the end zone, like perfect play call. No one near him. He just he just happened to be backpedaling instead of running, and the ball. And then he just didn't even really jump for it. So the ball just went right over his head. It was really yeah, unfortunate. No, it, but they couldn't have had a better play call. Chase Bryce played amazing in the game. He was the one that led the comeback. Their running back Nate Noel had a great game, 116 yards, led led the game in rushing. I believe he's a very young guy, so they they have a good guy there. I thought Cameron Peoples would have a have a better game, but it seemed like Nate Noel is the guy there as they split carries. Yeah, it seems like uh, they're a pretty well balanced team. Uh, you know, three hundred sixty one yards receiving, two hundred eighty eight on the ground. Um, they had six different receivers catch touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Chase Bryce, great game, six touchdowns, pretty wild for. Uh... And let, let's just let's just talk about the onside kick. Uh, North Carolina just should not have returned that for a touchdown. Just just fall down, then the game's over. No need to return it for a touchdown with thirty seconds leaving App State time to score yet another touchdown. Yeah. And have another two point conversion attempt, which was much worse than the first one. The first one was. Amazing. The second one just never, never really had a shot. So yeah, that no, was was definitely um, interesting. Questionable play calls, uh, questionable decision making at the end of that game. But, but Drake, Drake May in the first half as well. North Carolina quarterback played amazing. They scored twenty one unanswered, and and then thirteen unanswered in the third quarter. So thirty four unanswered points, I believe. But he was absolutely gunning. Amazing game. So, what, what do you think this means for UNC this season? Well, how, I had, how do you think it's going to stack up for I them? had UNC as one of my teams on the rise as they went 7-6 and six last year, I believe. So, I believe they're going to have a much better season than they did last year. This this I feel like this was a very tough game playing at App State. App State is known for being 
a very good power, non-Power 5 team and playing at home, rowdy crowd, as always. So App State definitely is a very capable team that's more than capable of an upset, and UNC surviving that, I think, bodes well for their season. Uh, I, I still think we don't saw think, some quality quarterback play, at least, from them. Yeah, I still don't think they will win their division in the ACC. I think my, Miami will win that division, but I think they will be at least somewhat competitive, finish second or third, which will be much better, better than they did last year. Yes, find them in a high-quality high bowl game at the end of the season, perhaps? Mm, uh, Upper-mid-tier, above average. All right, well, yeah, let's let's get, move on to our next game. we got ten games we're going to talk about here. Um, not all as in-depth as these first few, but uh, another great game. Group of five, Two group of five teams. Uh, number 24, Houston at UTSA. Uh, came down to the wire again, went to OT. How many OTs was it? Two, three? Three, three OTs, I believe. Three OTs. Um, yeah. You, you, you want to touch on this one? I was yeah, kind of busy this during was, this game. This was my game of the week coming into this. Uh, two non-Power 5 teams, but two very good ones on the rise. Uh, Houston had Clayton Tuna at quarterback, who I thought was going to be the difference, and he ended up running in the two-point conversion and hurdling over a guy to win the game. And the defense, the defense made stops to stop UTSA. Fred Harris, still a really good quarterback for UTSA. I feel like they have a bright future there. I believe he's a senior, though, so that they need to win now and win soon. But Clayton Toon did enough to carry. Nate Dell is probably one of the most explosive non-Power 5 receivers in the nation. He was virtually stopped by the UTSA defense, which I thought was very shocking. But But he was able to make some late catches in the game and score some touchdowns late in the game that propelled them to the victory. Yeah, I like I said, I was kind of busy early in the afternoon, so um, that was more of a game I was kind of just tuning into, looking at the score and stuff. Didn't really get to watch it, but um, yeah, Daniel Dana Holgerson doing good things down there in Houston. I uh, think they'll be there in the New Year's Six Bowl conversation. Um, and yeah, I think UTSA is also going to have a big season. I what, what are they the same conference as Houston? Are they They're a a conference USA is conference USA. Conference USA and Houston's AAC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think this game really shows though the quality of UTSA. You know, Houston uh, making its way to the Big Twelve soon, being ranked twenty fourth in the nation, uh, having to battle it out with UTSA down to the wire three overtimes. I think that shows the quality of the program that they have there in San Antonio. And I would uh, still expect UTSA to uh, win their conference. And uh, I think Houston also very well has a shot at winning, uh, what, what are they? They're the AAC, aren't they? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I think both of these teams are very probable candidates to be winning their conferences this season. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, Houston played very well last year, and the only reason they didn't make a New Year's Six Bowl is because they lost to the eventual college football playoff team, Cincinnati. So I think that's going to be their main test this year. And if they can get through them, probably in the AAC championship game, I think I think they could be going to a New Year's Six Bowl this year. All right, well, speaking of Cincinnati, let's talk about that game next. Uh, top 25 matchup, Cincinnati versus Arkansas. Uh, another game that kind of came down to the wire. Uh, 24-31 final score in favor of Arkansas. Uh, KJ Jefferson, again, you know, he's been there before. He's, he's played in big games. Uh, nothing new to him. Uh, 223 yards um, passing, another 62 on the ground, 
four total touchdowns. Um, liked what I saw out of him. I, I think Arkansas is poised for a big year and definitely one that I'm scared of as an Aggie. Um, but on Cincinnati's hand, I, you know, they lost a lot of guys. Um, Sauce Garner. Um, what, what was the quarterback's name? Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they lost some guys, but still being a group of five team and going to an SEC opponent on the road and hanging in there uh, was, was, was very impressive still. Luke Fickle uh, definitely will be up for a job soon. Um, yeah, like I said, it was a busy lot of days, so I didn't really get a tune in to some of these games. What, what, what did y'all take away from this? I thought Cincinnati played very well. They held their own against an Arkansas team that very well could challenge people in the West. I think Arkansas very well has the potential to make it to even a New Year's Six Bowl if they play their cards right. I think outside of Alabama, Arkansas has a pretty good chance of uh, really taking a hold of the SEC West. Uh, that's a team that's been on a rise. Uh, who's over there? Sam Pittman, isn't that? Yeah, yeah I, I think Sam Pittman's put together a really great program there. He had some absolute rockets for nipples in that at the end of that game. Sweat through. He, he had some pocket rockets. It, Let's it, just it, say that. It they were popping. It definitely was a moist day out there. In, uh, where is this being played? Fayetteville? Fayetteville. Yeah, man, man it, it definitely was a humid one out there. And uh, Cincinnati, they, they held their own, okay, but uh, it's a difficult road environment to go out to for sure, playing uh, SEC home game, and uh, clearly Arkansas was the better team. I, I I thought the game was very interesting. The The odds makers got it right on the money. The spread was 6.5. Arkansas won by 7. The Arkansas, as everyone expected, they had one of the best running back rooms in the nation last year. Rushed for, I think, the second most yards. No, either first or second in yards last year, besides uh, the academies, because obviously they're in a different different league because all they do is run but Raheem Sanders and AJ Green and KJ Jefferson great running back room rushed for 225 yards the receivers I think left a little a little doubt I thought they would have played a little bit better I mean Trey Knox played great two touchdowns you know 75 yards for 75 but other than that they didn't have a lot along in the receiving room I their preseason hype for receivers, they, they thought it sounded like they would have played a little bit better than that. Mm-hmm. But the rush defense of Arkansas is what stuck out to me. They they only allowed 113 yards on 31 carries. That's just a stout defensive line. The linebackers with with Drew Sanders and Bumper Pool, they they were they were getting after it, running around. That that's probably also why the rushing was so limited. But I thought with Jalen Catalan and some other pieces on the defensive backfield for Arkansas, I thought they would have played a little bit better. 325 yards for Ben Bryant in the game, the Cincinnati quarterback. I thought I thought Arkansas would have limited them a little more. Yeah, that's definitely a weakness for them this year, it seems. Uh, it's week one, so they got time to pull it together, but they'll definitely have to to patch that up a little bit if they're going to hang in there with team pass-heavy teams like... Um, Alabama and maybe even A&M this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for that game in they, a few they weeks. Have some, they have some tough games coming up. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure out and, more. And although though they're receiving might not have been as good as expected, um, still, two, two, still 223 elite. yards in the air, 224 on the ground, pretty even offense. Yeah. Um, so Still still elite run game. Passing game, uh, I still don't think K.J. Jefferson's super great passing, but he, he definitely is good enough to win games. 
All right, well, uh, yeah, great game. On to our next game, uh, Friday night game, Illinois versus Indiana. This is one that we all picked on the show. And actually, don't, uh, I don't remember. I think we all picked Illinois on the show, if I remember correctly. And, uh, yeah, Indiana won the game. I think it was a total, total ref job. Um, complete bullshit. Illinois, stolen touchdown. Um, completely affected momentum. Missed completely multiple, af- missed, missed at least one field goal. Com- I mean, they were just missing opportunities compl- all around. It affected uh, decision-making in the future. They decided to go, to go for a touchdown instead of just kicking a field goal Lots later in the game. Well. Lots of drops but um, of they, wide open passes. They, they should have won the game, but I think the refs really just screwed them over there. Uh, Tommy DeVito, 235 yards passing, two touchdowns. Um, I think it was you, their running game, though. Uh, I believe Chase Brown, their running back, almost 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, 36 Absolutely carries. Insane. They they were manhandling Indiana on the yeah, on the offensive they, line. They really couldn't do much. Um, and Indiana couldn't run worth a damn. Yeah, I think 32 they, total yards. I think they yards. were averaging one yard per carry. Like they they couldn't run if you paid them. Yeah, if they, you paid Illinois defense to not even play, they couldn't. Indiana run. receiving though um, did did do quite a bit better. 330 yards um, total. Illinois it was frustrating watching their DBs. Yeah, complete the, bums. Looked gassed. from Missouri absolutely shredded uh, Illinois defensive backs. Yeah, crazy tackle. I'm sure everyone listening has seen it. Um, all the thousands of y'all. Uh, yeah, y'all got anything else to say about this game? Like I said, total bullshit. Um, but it was an entertaining game. Uh, it was funny seeing all these Big Ten football games the first few days that were just, I think the first three Big Ten football games were decided by like seven points combined uh, total. So, um, De- Definitely uh, not as high scoring as some other games that we uh, saw this weekend. Iowa but was probably, I think they were the most high scoring game this weekend. Iowa, Iowa. Broke, record, broke some records there on that <laughs> one. Iowa scoring seven points with no touchdowns is a uh, pretty uh, funny Truly legendary. Pretty right funny there. one. That pretty one nice out. statistic. Tough team, though, there against. All right, on to our next game Oregon upsetting Georgia. <laughs> Well, I think Bo Nix made a wonderful <laughs> debut. I think I think <laughs> I, I can't. So Bo Nix sucks. Still, it's funny he moved forty yard, forty hours across the country, just to lose to Georgia in Green. Zero and four in his career against the Georgia Bulldogs. I came up with that one myself. I'm and and no one's um, tagging or giving me credit on Twitter, but um, yeah, zero four against Georgia in his career. Yeah, very sad. Very bad. Um, Georgia just a complete beast. I, I really thought that they were going to have... Uh, I, I really thought this game would be closer. I thought Oregon had a decent amount of guys returning. I thought they had enough to stick in there with with Georgia. Clearly not. I thought Bonex may be able to take it up a step, um, being in the new offense. Well, then Georgia having lost so many players to the draft as well. Yeah, Georgia's defense, I thought, just wasn't really going to be that crazy. And I thought that I, game I, landings as well. I thought their offense was going to struggle. But, um, boy, I could not have been more I think, wrong. I think Almost we can six. finally say hot. I mean, this might be a hot take. I think Stetson quarterback, top three in the SEC. He, top three quarterback in the SEC. I, it's hard to put three in front of him for sure. I'm not going to... Bryce Young won. I think KJ is probably... I mean, not KJ Jefferson. I mean... uh, Richardson? Anthony Richardson, two. Stetson Bennett, three. I think that's my top three quarterbacks. Yeah, I I don't know if I would put KJ Jefferson above or or below um, AR-15 yet. I think AR-15 is good, but I think it was one game and and 
expectations need to be, you know. I mean, I'm hearing Heisman talk for AR-15. I'm not saying I, that. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I know you're not. I'm just saying I, I, I think I want to see more out of him before I declare him better than Stetson Bennett, who won a national championship. Um, I, I wasn't high there on was, Stetson Bennett. but still he, some doubters. He threw, yeah, this game, he, he shut him up. He but. threw 368 yards, two touchdowns, 97.3 QBR. Um, I mean, total total yards in the air um, with the backups included 439 yards receiving. Absolutely crazy. Um, so many Georgia receivers. I mean, how many is that? Eight Georgia receivers had more than twenty yards. I mean, that's that's pretty ridiculous. How many guys they got involved? That, that there. tight end room is. I mean, the best of all Darnell time. Washington is a beast. Six seven, two hundred seventy pounds. I mean, I would roll over and die if I saw him running towards me. I don't know what I would do. Um, but yeah, not much to say about Oregon. Like I said earlier, I I, I don't think uh, the Pac twelve has much going for them right now. I don't see how they get a team in the playoff other than USC. Um, and yeah, for Georgia, I think they are definitely a team that will be in the playoff hunt. I think they're the second best team in the nation yes, right now behind I, Alabama. I agree, and and you could say they're the best. I mean, yeah, you could, but, but I, 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 I I think I think flip I think a coin a on one, it. Two. Yeah, I, I think, think flip a coin on that one. I think it would be a Georgia game. looking raw on both offense and defense. I I don't think there's much question behind. Uh, you know who is going to win the uh, SEC East you at could the call moment. It, you could call it one A one B. What about that? Yeah, and as good as Florida is, I and I'm excited for that game. I, I don't see. I think they're them. a top twenty five team. Uh, uh, no, they're a top twenty five team, but I don't think they're hanging with Georgia. No, I, I'm not saying that, but I think they're definitely. I think I think, I think they could make it competitive, but I think Georgia has so much depth to their roster as well, both offense and defense. Not seeing too much weakness there. Oregon still is a quality school. It's just Georgia is a whole different level. And once again, I think Florida's going to win a lot of one possession game this games this year. So they could be close the, games. What? A lot of close games. Yeah, like like Nebraska last year except, you know, actually actually winning the games. All right. Well, enough said about that game. Total blowout. Um but yeah, uh, we're we're kind of on the other side of these uh games of the weeks. Uh Couple more blowouts. Next one, Miami versus Bethune Cookman. We're really talking about this because of the Aggies playing Miami and Miami being a one of probably one of the best teams in the ACC this year. Uh, Seventy to thirteen, pretty crazy. Uh, the line was what forty something. Forty nine and a half. Forty nine and a half, and they killed it. On that, and they beat it by a lot. Second most points of all time, I believe. The most was seventy seven. Is the school record? They almost got that. They yeah, could have gotten it if they wanted to, but obviously they, they, they put in the backups and just ran out the clock. Van Dyke looking good for Miami out there. Definitely a quality. Van Dyke was did not have the most yards. The Bethune Cookman Jalen Jones had the most passing yards in the game. Well, Bethune Cookman is someone to watch out for. Then <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Van Dyke might but, not be as good as we. I mean, Van Dyke went 13 for 16. The the Bethune Cookman guy went 11 for 20. It's and went. He just, yeah, he but, just wasn't. I mean, Van Dyke played a near perfect game. 13 for 16 with 200 yards in the just, air, two just, touchdowns. They're just running the base offense because they for because they're playing Bethune Cookman. They, they they don't want us to be able to scout. So. But yeah, uh, Henry Parrish uh, running transfer from Ole Miss. 108 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Uh, definitely going to be a big part of that offense this year, and uh, along with. Uh, Xavier Restrepo. Restrepo, is that how you pronounce Restrepo, that? Yeah. 100 yards, uh, five receptions, one touchdown. Um, 
Looks like they got some skilled players down there in Miami. I'm excited for that A&M Miami game. 8 o'clock p.m. Week 3. Probably um, one of the latest A&M games starting at Kyle of all time. Possibly, uh, certainly going to be one of the uh, few games that could be college game day that week. I think I'd pick that right now. It looked like Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit kind of spoiled that on Just air. Just because it's an 8 p.m. game, I think it could strong. there's a strong chance it could be the best atmosphere at home of A&M this season. It'll almost certainly be a, a sold-out crowd, for sure. Um, so excited about that. I will on to another blowout game this week. Rice versus USC. Similar score, 66-14. to Lincoln Riley's debut as the USC head coach. And uh, now USC looks to sit atop the Pac-12. Uh, Caleb Williams throwing 249 yards, two touchdowns. Almost perfect game, throwing 19 for 22. Uh, he had another 68 yards on the ground. Great game from him. Um, Jordan Addison, two touchdowns, 50 yards. Uh, they're, they're a stout team. They got skilled players for, I mean, some of the best skilled players in the country on the team. Um, I'm excited to watch more of this team. Don't lose to food. And they Do not lose don't, to food. Don't lose that to food. That is for sure. I, I'm interested to see how this team does in Pac-12 play. Um, you know, Rice is not a great Program Wait, one of the worst in the country. I want to see how but, physical their defense can be against Utah. That is one of the things that I am looking forward to. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, but Lincoln Riley also hasn't always needed. You know, he's he's gotten as far as he is solely based offense. Yeah, um, but the reason that he can't win any championships ever is because he doesn't coach his defense at all. Well, so, I don't think I don't think he will win a, a championship. But I'm all, saying, but, but until, I'm saying is all I'm saying is he's or he's defense. gotten his teams to the playoffs and won conferences by what he's done. So I don't know if USC has to have a defense to win the Pac-12 and get to the playoffs. The Pac-12 maybe not, but they can't win a game in the playoffs until they get. No, I mean I agree with that. No, I I would agree. The uh, Pac-12 is most definitely wide open for USC to take if it want, so wants it. But I think if they're going to be going against other schools. Outside of the Pac-12, USC may need to develop uh, their entire team a bit more. Yeah, playing against food. Caleb Williams only 22, 22 pass attempts. He they, they didn't really have the whole playbook. They were just kind of running the ball, running out the clock. So so let, let's see how he plays against against better better competition. Yeah, I agree. A lot of those games this week, like we said earlier, it's hard to judge week one uh, teams off week one games just because a lot of them are. Are kind of shitty games. Uh, I'm excited for conference play to start in a couple weeks. But uh, other than that, I mean, Texas, you know, beat a shitty team. Nothing crazy. Uh, excited for that Texas-Bama game next week. I think it's going to be a slaughter. Um, Wait a second. I want to say something. Quinn Ewers getting towed. Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Very. It's the fact a very... that he doesn't have a parking pass for the entire campus is is shocking. And the SEC being ten and one against the spread, we'll see how that against FBS teams. Against FBS teams, we'll see if that. Um, Ole Miss is the only one to not cover. I think they beat Troy by eighteen. So yeah. we'll see if that goes to eleven and one tonight against uh, when LSU and Florida State play. I believe uh, what's the line? Is it minus three in favor of LSU minus right now? Four and a half. Four and a half. Line is moving. Line is moving up big right before game time. 
Yeah, one last thing. BYU played a good game. Actually, against... we're not going to talk about BYU because no one Southern gives a Florida fuck scored, about BYU. So on to our next. in the first quarter, okay. Happy to see 28-0 in the first quarter. Next week they play Baylor, which should be a very good game. And then Oregon after that. So I do think BYU has a lot of potential for this season as well for those that are interested. All right. On to our next segment. Uh, we won't go through the whole playoffs again, but do y'all, do y'all have uh, – any teams you would add or remove from y'all's playoffs predictions? Um, I know me personally, although I think AM's good, I'm going to throw on uh, Georgia instead of AM, and I think the national championship is going to be a rematch between Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, for me, I had, I believe, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then Utah. I'll probably take off Utah, and I haven't seen Clemson play, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw Clemson in there. Me personally, I thought Oklahoma might have a shot, and the Oklahoma did have a pretty uh, easy win against UTEP, so I don't think Oklahoma, we've really been able to see what they're capable of, especially with the new head coach over there, and uh, who's it, Venerables from uh, Clemson? Venables, Brent Venables. Yeah, exactly, so I think Oklahoma could still be in the mix for this. Clemson, we haven't seen play, they're going against uh, Georgia Tech, so I don't think that'll show too much of what they're really capable of against a softer opponent, but I think Clemson's still very much up there, but I do agree, Alabama and Georgia decidedly going to be in there. And and what do y'all think about um, the Heisman? Y'all, y'all, any standouts week one, same guys? I mean, I know me personally, I'm, I'm going to keep Will Anderson as my pick. Um, and, and I, like, I like Bryce Young still. Bryce Young still. Uh, I think Bryce Young's a good pick. I think, pick. I think uh, Richardson at Florida is a good pick as well. Caleb Williams also looking very solid. Caleb Williams will definitely be in the discussion. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it for the week. Y'all got anything else? Uh, gig em. Uh LSU's going to win tonight. Yeah, my, we'll my see. Lock, if you got it early, minus three was my lock of the week. Now it's four and a half. So, so yeah, we'll have a show in a couple days. Um previewing the the games for next weekend. Um, we got NFL starting, so we might do a little NFL net talk next week. Uh, not as in-depth as in college, but um, just more football, man. All right. Adios. Traveling in a Friday combi Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. I said, do you speak my language? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he said, I come from a land down under. Read us low and mention
much to say.